Thanks for listening to the Suncoast Church Eastbourne podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. For more information, visit suncoastchurch.co.uk. Yeah, the last week I, I want to share in the glory of God. Um, it's interesting the timing because um, normally I would have finished a series to start a new series in the new year, having waited on God, asked him, where do you want to do, where are you going, what do you want to do, what's the plan, what's the prophetic uh, for this particular year, and um, I found myself with a, with a session, a bit of an overlap, but I think you'll see as the weeks go on that it just ties in so seamlessly with where I feel God is taking us in 2020. We've had, we've had I think, three messages in the glory of God, and the next series I'm going to be doing is, is Jesus building his church, because I feel that's what he's going to be doing this year, is actually building us, building the local church here in this town, which means building you. Because it's one thing to talk about the glory, but for the church to be truly glorifying God, it has to be built by Jesus and built after his pattern. Amen? Not just after the patterns of men and what's a great idea and the latest fad going down in Christendom, but it has to be built after God's own pattern. So we're going to be on a journey probably over the next, the whole of January. Um, but let me just, um, I want to show you a YouTube video. Is that okay? Would you, would you indulge the nerd in me? <clears throat> Quite often I spend a couple of hours just sifting my way through YouTube videos. I kind of, you know, if I'd gone to university, I probably would have studied physics and mathematics and stuff like that. And God knows what that would have produced. <laughs> And uh, the trouble is, when you didn't have a university education, you kind of tr- you try pretty hard to get your head around it all. But I found a YouTube video, and uh, it features another geek, another nerd. He's by, this, this video has been pirated so many times that people now call him the mad scientist. Other people have stolen his video, reposted it, and said, mad scientist. Anyway, what is he doing? This mad scientist is setting up in his living room what usually would belong in Universal Studios, he sets up in his living room the test of a 22,000-watt light bulb. <clears throat> now, the, the most watts I have in a room in my house is about, a hundred and, about a hundred, 125. The little chandelier there, 525-watt bulbs. This is 22,000. Now, why am I showing it to you? Well, I think it'll become pretty obvious because we've been speaking about the glory of God, haven't we? And the glory of God is about his presence. Essentially, the glory of God in the Old Testament and as it shone out of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, revealing that he was God. When, when that light is seen, it reveals the presence of God, yeah? But we've also seen that the glory of God is not just a light that shines, that people saw in the Old Testament, saw in Jesus. It is, it is Christ's character and nature and his deeds working through us. So when we, are, when we are like Jesus in our individual lives, in our marriages, in our family life, and, and at work with a relationship with everyone else, and following the call, the vocation, making the use of the gifts of God that we have, spiritual and natural, when all that's coming into play, we give God the glory, yeah? And, and, and essentially, we're letting our light shine, even if there's not a light shining, okay? So when you see this video, I just want you to think about how much light could Jesus turn up in you this year? What needs to change? How many watts are you glowing at <laughs> in your character? How many watts through your good works to help your neighbors? You get the picture. 
So just indulge my nerdiness, but I, I, I want you to leave you with the last few seconds of this because he takes the bulb outside the house, turns it up again, and I want you to... I hope it does for you what it did for me, was that last image of that light bulb lighting up the street. 22,000 watts. Friend, God wants you to light up your street. Amen? Because of who you are and who Jesus is in the midst of you. So it only goes for a couple of minutes. Okay, you'll see a couple of little uh, readings there. On the top right-hand corner, you'll see the watt. For you geeks like me, that's telling you how many watts is going to... Actually, in kilowatts, okay, so one point, whatever, two point, whatever. Anyway, let's have a look at this. There he is, mad scientist. Well, on the edge of the uh, limit. There we go. Two thousand watts. Takes a while to kick in. Here we go. There we go. Ten thousand watts. Twelve kilowatts. Eighty-five amps on the mains. Ninety-one to eighteen kilowatts. Push it a bit more. Put it in ninety-four amps. We are at twenty kilowatts. Eighty-seven amps, two thirty. See if it can break that. Easy. You imagine the heat. Woo. <laughs> Quick test outside. Manual exposure. Take that just out of shot. Let's go crank it up. Watch this. Look up the street. You can... How'd you be in that house just there, eh? See the Thank see you very that. much for watching the videos. I hope you enjoyed that. I will see you very shortly on the next one. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Isn't that a classic? Oh, well, thanks for indulging me, but uh, you can see the point I'm trying to make. Amen. See, that's what, that's what I had in mind when I invited all our streets back to our place at Christmas time. Invited, the, and several, I know several of you did that too, but that's, that, I want them to see the glory of God. Amen. It's like I'm not perfect, but I want them to bump into Jesus and me. Hopefully I'll represent them on the night pretty well, yeah? Hopefully we did. And they, they've come back, haven't they? So whether that's at work or whether it's literally your neighborhood like ours, that's what God wants, amen. But how many of you know the church is described as the house of God? So it's, it's, it's not just about our own individual lives. It's about how does some coast church light up my avenue? <laughs> how, do, how do we light up from Pevensey Bay 
all the way up through Hailsham, around the back there to Peacehaven. How do we, how do we light that up? By a whole bunch of believers doing what Jesus tells us to do and being who Jesus wants us to be. Are you with me? So this kind of works quite well uh, towards where we're going over this next month. So at my opening scripture, did you enjoy the video? Did you ladies enjoy the video? Oh, wonderful. I think some of us guys are married to some geeks as well. Anyway, so <laughs> this, uh, this session is called Glory in the Church. Uh, foundational scripture, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21. And it says, to him, to Jesus, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, so be it. And I think that's a great way to bring an end to 2019. But looking into 2020, you remember I said that the glory of God is a very practical thing. It's not some theological abstraction because we are to live for the glory of God. Our whole purpose as people and as the people of God is to live for the God's glory, to reflect it so that the community can see it. It gives the cross meaning. It's why he died. And as we shine the light of the knowledge of God, it, it reinforces or it lets people know what Christ did on the cross and it gives it meaning, amen. So to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. There are many and have been many organizations in the world that have captured the, both the imagination and the admiration of the world, of, of people in general. And they've had a certain glory. They've had a certain wow factor. In the realms of science, we've had NASA in the 60s. They landed a man on the moon. That was an incredible moment. And for those of you who don't believe man actually landed on the moon, come and see me later. There's a little thing called the lunar reconnaissance modules taking photographs of all the footprints of all the moonwalks. So... Science has produced these incredible teams of, of people and they've achieved great glory and they've received glory for themselves. What about in the military? Has everybody heard of the SAS or the, also the SBS, the Special Boat Squadron? SAS is a special air services and it's the elite of the British military. Has everybody heard of them? And of course, it's like they, they, are, uh, they have been glorified so many times. Who could forget these guys abseiling down the outside of the Libyan, uh, the Libyan embassy to break in there and toss them? It was just amazing, these guys. And the people, people glorify them, and rightfully so. In the realms of sport, and this is where it gets difficult. I have to kind of choose a team. But um, I've chose two teams. In its heyday and I'll probably get tomatoes for this, but it's, hey, Chase, Manchester United under Alex Ferguson, I mean, they got themselves some glory. But more, more, more today, more like Liverpool Football Club. <laughs> oh, thank God I'm safe. <laughs> but you think about how much football teams get the glory. I mean, it's like football's, in terms of adoration, it's like a religion. In terms of giving people's highest admiration, which is virtually worship, wow, these football teams get themselves some glory. Would you agree with me? What about in the realms of business, where you've got Apple, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, our own British Richard Branson, 
and the Virgin brand. And you think, wow, how did they do that? How did Amazon get where it is? How did Microsoft do it there in the 80s and the 90s? What about in government? Here's another really dangerous one. But in government, some governments stand out from other governments in the past and people hearken back to those halcyon years as that government did the country some good. Some, maybe if you're a Labour voter, maybe you might go back to Attlee's government, which kind of brought uh, the, 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 the nation out of the the Second World War, and we got our NHS for that. Is everybody glad at the NHS, even if you're not a Labour voter? Maybe, maybe if you're a Conservative, it was the Thatcher government. But in any case, it's like, it's, it's, usually, it's been the one or the other in British politics for a long while, hasn't it? But each one of these organisations uh, is attended by a certain degree of glory. Would you agree? But all too often, as we've seen in politics and in football, the glory fades away. But we're talking about the church glorifying God forever and ever. And I want to tell you, even though this scripture isn't in the, the script here, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says that the earth shall be covered with the fullness of the knowledge of God. The whole earth will be covered by the knowledge of the glory of God. So the glory of God is only going to get greater on the earth and it's going to shine through the 22,000 watt light bulb of the church as a whole. Some cursed church... All the 60 other churches here in Eastbourne, the thousands of churches in Great Britain, and hopefully the hundreds of thousands of churches all over the world. That's how God is going to get his light shone. Are you with me? But there's a, there's a, a difference between these organizations because when you look at them all, every single one of them, they are made up of elites. They're made up of football players that cost tens of millions of pounds. They're made up of the elites and the, and, and, uh, with the SAS, SBS. They're made up of the best of the best in the business world. All of those realms that I've, I've, we've looked into so far, they, they depend on elites, don't they? But Fred, I want to tell you, there is another organization on the earth <laughs> that has its elites, make no mistake, we'll have a look at a few, but it's largely comprised of ordinary people. Amen. It's another organization that has tremendous potential for great glory. And it doesn't depend on the elites to fulfill its purpose. It's an organization that God has used to shape history and underpin what makes for healthy society. It's given the world for 2,000 years a moral compass. Has it always had it right? No, it hasn't. Has its compass been all over the place sometimes? Yes, it has. But Jesus remains the same, amen? And when the, church has, when the church has lost its way, like in the dark ages for a thousand years, he knows how to bring it out of the darkness. Amen. And I know in, over this last decade and a half, we've had everything from American evangelists wanting to buy themselves a new Learjet, all the way through to pedophile priests. And the church has lost in the eyes of the people, the eyes of the populace of the world, a degree of glory. And that's why judgment has to start at the, the house of God. God will clean his house up before he glorifies himself through it. He'll bring order to it. Amen. So this wonderful organization, comprised of ordinary people from all walks of life, from every ethnic background, from across the whole IQ, EQ spectrum. As I said, I didn't go to university. <laughs> from one end to the other. It includes not only the strong, but the weak. 
Not only the tough, SAS, but the broken. Not only the educated, but the self-educated. And not only the somebodies, but the nobodies. Amen. Paul said, consider your own birth, brethren. This is not many of you were of high birth. He says, consider your own calling. You're just ordinary people. But God, and only God could do it. And have a look around this place this morning. Where else would we have met? Outside of Christ, I think if some of us had met in a pub, we'd have a fight. <laughs> but you look at the... I don't know how many times people have come into this church just on the question of diversity of ethnicity in this church. I don't know how many people have said, what I like about walking in here is it's a kind of slice of everywhere. <laughs> I like that. We've been praying for that for years, that this church's composition would reflect what's going on out there. Why? So we can be authentic. Why? So we can reach everybody. Are you with me? So this organization made up of nobodies, a few somebodies, has made an incredible impact on the history of this planet over the last 2,000 years. You think Jesus said you would be salt, and he also said you would be light. And could you imagine where this world would be if the church had never existed? I, I shudder to think. But anyway, the world is losing its moral compass. There's no such thing anymore in their eyes as objective truth. It's what's true for you. The trouble is then you've got a million compasses all spinning around, <laughs> wondering what's right from wrong. But Jesus never changes, amen. So in the past, the church in the UK, it really has achieved a certain degree of glory within society. And I love church history. I love history anyway. It's partly a study of history that got me to believe in Jesus Christ. I just saw his hand on the, on the history of the nations. I thought there's got to be more to it than just the rise and fall of nations. And when you... I've mentioned the Dark Ages. Why were they called dark? Because there was no light. <laughs> they were called dark because the church was not glorifying God. The ordinary man was cut off from the knowledge of the Word of God by which God works in their hearts and minds. But... Jesus is not a loser, he's a winner. And every time the devil has tried to get us so religious and you know, focus on this and focus on that and get us all unbalanced, every time that has happened, Jesus has always worked to bring the church out of that. Amen. And he raises up people to do it. And I just want to, for those of you who have almost lost hope in Great Britain, lost hope in the West, and you think, oh, Jesus, come tomorrow, there's no hope. I want to show you there's been other times in this church's, uh, sorry, in this nation's history over the last 300 years, not so much the last 100, but certainly in the 1700s and the 1800s, man, did God get some glory out of his church. And I'm, not, I'm saying that to give us some hope, to give us some faith that going into 2020, a new decade, that we can believe to see God do something again in this country. Yes. Oh. Amen. In the prayer meetings, we've been talking a lot about how 60 years ago, there was less than 1% of the population of South Korea were believers. It's now over 34%. One in three. And I'm talking real born-again believers. Look what's happening in India right now. Look what's happening in Brazil. Some of these countries have gone from just being lost in religious darkness to lighten up like a light bulb. And if God can do it in India, if he... And, uh, there's some places I'd like to mention, but I can't. Um, 
in the Middle East. I'll mention that. If you only look at the CNN, if you only look at the, 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 the broadcasters, the media, you're not going to hear good news about the church. So you need to encourage yourself by reading the book that is always up to date. It's called the Bible. Amen. A Bible that God wants to put into action at any one given moment. He just has to shape his church to do it. Are you with me? The church, let me just, let me just paint a picture for you here. During the 1700s and the 1800s, God moved in his church and the British Empire, how many remember how big the British Empire is? Do you know the British Empire is the biggest empire that has ever been? There is, there's been no greater empire, the Roman Empire or any other, greater in terms of extent than the British Empire. They say the sun, back in the pre-1940s, the sun never set on the British Empire. Wherever the, the world turned, there was always a British colony there. And God has a hand on the nations. He raises them up and He sets them down. Various nations come to prominence and then disappear again. Britain's kind of <laughs> suffered from that. But during that time, the 1700s and the 1800s, God moved in His church. And Britain saw, and the empire saw His glory as He raised up out of the darkness of the dark ages, He raised up Wesley and the, the whole Methodist church, hundreds of thousands of people. And he raises up General Booth with a Salvation Army. And he raises up Wilberforce there. Who finally, in government, this is why I mention these things, in government, he didn't even live to see it. But very shortly thereafter, legislation was passed that totally banned, abolished the slave trade. The church, and, and, and I realize some of these guys are elites, but they were, they, were, they were flowing in their gifting. But they were all part of the church. They were part of a local church. Do you understand where I'm coming from? It was a time back then when foreign missionaries, rather, not football players or whatever else, it was a time when foreign missionaries captured the imagination of the nation. People like David Livingston, of David Livingston, I presume, as Stanley Madden. I don't think they probably even teach that anymore in British schools. But back then, it was like people were hanging on this great adventurer as he carved his way through Africa. You maybe heard of the Cambridge Seven. If you look at the exploits of the church in these years, it was out of Britain that so much of the rest of the world, particularly the British Empire, heard the gospel. It was social reformers in those days, like Dr. Bernardo. Has anybody heard of Dr. Bernardo's homes? They're still there today. And by the time of his death, he had 96 children's homes caring for 8,500 kids. And it was he was the one that pioneered fostering. So you get these incredible social reformers, but they were all part of the church. They were propped up, encouraged by the church, their local church. Are you with me? You see, as God gets His glory in His church, every cog is important. It's like there's no such thing as a nobody that's such a nobody that, that, that there's no place for him. In fact, the Bible actually says the more nobody somebody thinks they are, the more important they are. <laughs> are you with me? 
So there's the big cogs, the big wheels. But friend, there's the spindles that carry the cogs. That's why, this, that's why the Church of Jesus Christ worldwide is the most incredible organization on the earth. What about the realms of science? Who's heard of Charles Babbage? Not cabbage, Babbage. Charles Babbage, he was, a, he was a Protestant. He was a really devoted Christian. But he's the guy that they call the father of the computer. What about Florence Nightingale? She was an Anglican. And she believed that God spoke to her. I hope everybody's heard of Florence Nightingale. I hope they still teach about her in school. Her work transformed nursing into a respected, highly trained profession. And they reckon this. They reckon that because of the sanitary reforms that she advised and was taken up upon, they credit her with adding 20 years to the life of people by the end of that century. Isn't that amazing? And then there's Antoine Lavoisier. Any other geeks in here might know who he is. Well, he was the founder of modern chemistry. Gregor Mendel, another Christian, he founded the science of genetics. All these people are referred to as the fathers of their various fields. And what about Isaac Newton? Discovered gravity, or actually kind of defined it a bit. This bloke, which is never taught, never referred to, he spent more time in Bible study than he did in maths and physics. And I know, as I said before, these guys are all kind of elites. They have phenomenal intellects. Florence Nightingale just heard from God. But friend, you can hear from God. <laughs> they, they were fulfilling a call, these people. Some of them probably felt like, what's the use? Wilberforce for year after year after year tried to prick the conscience of Victorian England. Decades he hammered away at that. And finally brought reform. Amen. So can you, can you see how over that period of time how the church got by God's grace bringing out of the dark ages God's grace managed to get the church to get its act together. Amen. He was building, adding reformers and, and, and Wesleys and Whitfields and, and General Booths and brought it all together. Even though there was... There was no even the greatest degrees of unity. There was Calvinists and Wesleyists and Arminians. But wow, what a couple of hundred years it was. So what, what is your outlook for Great Britain? Is the church going to go down with a whimper? Is that the way you look at it? I, I don't believe that at all. I believe God has got some more glory in store for, this, for his church. Amen. And that's the big picture. And I understand that from where you're sitting here in this, in this little auditorium, here in a, a town of 100,000, it can seem like there's a bit of a disconnect with what I've just said and you. But friend, for all of that to happen at a national level, it means that something's going to happen at a town level. And for something to happen at a town level, and let me tell you, there are some good things going on in Eastbourne. There's a whole bunch of, there's a committee right now reforming and reshaping Eastbourne churches together and doing a good job. I, I sat there in amazement. Amen. We, over the last 10 years, have witnessed God build the church for His glory in the terms of getting some more works done. And we now have 35 Christian agencies in this town. 35, and some of you are involved in them. Street pastors, beachy head chaplaincy. 
I'm going to be talking about where volunteerism outside the church could be a possibility for you this year. I know Annabelle is there in phone counseling for disturbed youngsters. But that's how the church gets the glory. Amen. Just give me one more minute. Eh? I know you're not trying to shut me down. I need, I need these guys to step up. I just don't know what time it is. <laughs> you see, drilling down from the, from the national to the local, what happens locally depends on what's happening in each local church. If I'm not living for the glory of God, well, I'll just keep my church to myself. Super protective. Don't go there. No, no, no. Man, I just want to send everybody out. <laughs> Yesterday we were out with several other representatives from other church in the streets doing some evangelism. It's just one way to get people saved. Amen. But it all boils down for each local church to be effective, for each member to be effective, for the glory of God to be seen in each one of us. Are you with me? So when we say glory to God and the church forever and ever, for that to happen, that means we've got to live for the glory of God ourselves, day by day, week by week, conscious of that, what, conscious of how much light is shining. Or is there a kind of dark area there that God needs to work on? An area we need to kind of clean the glass of the bulb. Amen. And I, I really feel this year that these messages on the glory of God are, are going to naturally just flow into a series of messages on how God builds the church at large, the church local, the church you. And as it all comes together, friend, the more glory you're reflecting, the more holy you are, and therefore the more happy you are. Amen? If there's glory... There's wholesomeness. If there's glory, there's happiness. If there's glory, there's generally joy in the midst of even trial and persecution. Are you with me? So we're in for a really amazing ride in 2020. I told a little analogy this morning to the team that meets here every Sunday morning. Four years ago, this church had about, what, 80 members? We planted a church and people had gone up there and a few things that happened. But now I think, I don't know how many is in the church. Julie, she's the one that knows the figures. I don't. But it's probably, what, about 145, 150? I don't know. 160? If they all came at once. And it's a bit like all these living stones. Come ye like living stones. And it's a bit like half of them have been built together because... We've had history. We've done life together. But there's all the new people have come in over the last two years. Some of whom have found their place. Some who've signed up for something that come through growth track and think, yeah, that's my gifting profile. That's where I want to fit in. We're working on it. Especially since God spoke to my heart about this very subject. But there's my grandson, and I was watching him over the Christmas break there, and he's sitting in the dining room table. And he was building something out of Lego. Come ye like living Lego blocks and be built into the house of God. And I'm, I'm watching, I'm thinking, I wonder what that is. I kind of had a suspicion what it might be, but it was only half built. And there was all these bits and pieces around about what he did, but he was going according, he's good at that. He was building according to pattern. You had to see the pattern. He's building according to pattern. 
And I said to him, Josh, I says, what are you building, man? And he says, oh, Rob, it's a, it's a Star Wars. He didn't say, oh, Rob, that sounds like more adult. He says, granddad. It's, <laughs> he, says, he says, granddad, it's, it's, it's a Star Wars spaceship. And I go, oh. I kind of thought it was at front the back end of the thing. I says, is that what it's going to be? He says, yeah, here's the picture. And friend, over the next few weeks, I want to give you the picture. For you personally, for us as a church, for us as part of the local body of Christ, amen? I want to give you the picture. I want to help you fit in even more. I want to help you to have even more glory shining out of you. Are you with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this church, Suncoast Church. I also thank you, Lord, for all my other friends and ministry in the other churches in this town. We thank you, Lord, for the pulpits we've shared. We thank you, God, for our friendships, for our prayers, for our social media contacts. We thank you, Lord, for 60 churches in Eastbourne. We thank you, God, for 35 Christian agencies from street passes, beachhead chaplaincy, all the chaplaincies, winter night shelter. We thank you for what we've got, Lord. You're getting some glory. But, Lord, we pray that here at Suncoast, and indeed for our brothers and sisters in this town corporately too, we pray that you build your church. You said that on this rock, the revelation of yourself, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And Father, we declare that over our lives, that nothing will hinder you moving in our hearts and in our lives to produce more glory for yourself. For the whole purpose of you building your church is not just for the salvation of this planet, but it's for the glory of God. Amen. So, Father, help us to drill this down to our own individual place. As we sit here in this building, part of this church, or looking in, doing some window shopping perhaps, that, Father, that you would help us to see the picture, the plan, for you surely have one for each one of us this year. Jesus being the plan. Help us to see him, Lord, that we can build accurately our lives, our careers, our marriages, our families, and a contribution to the life of this community. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Wonderful. Well, tonight we have a communion service between 6 o'clock and about 6.35. So 6 o'clock to 6.35 have communion here. Everybody is welcome to that. I think it's a great way to start the new year is to get back to the, as John always puts it, back to the basics. What are we founded on? What have we got going for us? The blood of Jesus. The cross is the only thing. That's what I want to speak about tonight. God bless you, everyone. There's lemon juice for all those in the, uh, the Daniel fast. Uh, for everybody else, there's, there's tea and coffee. God bless you.